Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, and the Sports Map Radio Network. It is Legends of Sport Friday. That can only mean one thing. It's Andy Bernstein. Hey, Andy, how are you? I'm great, Arash. How you doing, man? You surviving the rain out here? Surviving the rain. Listen, we, we are not used to rain. So when it rains out here, uh, we're not quite sure what to do. We're not quite sure how to drive. And uh, But listen, ho- hopefully <laughs> hopefully this will be done um, soon. Listen, I am so excited about th- this week because, like I told you, you, you've been doing your podcast for quite some time, and they are timeless. And I think that includes the person that you talked to this week, Coach K. Uh, and I, I was thinking back that it must have been the dream team when you guys first connected. Talk to me mm-hmm. about Coach K.A. and then what it was like the first time you talked to him. Well, yeah, I mean, it, Coach K and I go back to the dream team, which was literally 30 years ago um, when everyone convened for that first meeting in San Diego. Um, the coaching staff, the players, all of us, staff uh, from the NBA and USA Basketball. And um, I don't know if people realize the, the quality of coaches that Chuck Daly had hired. Um, you had Coach K, you had PJ Carlissimo, you had Lenny Wilkins. I mean, these are, you know, the creme de la creme of, of coaches. And Coach K, I got to tell you, was very friendly right up from the get go. Um, I had brought my dad to uh, later on to Monaco and then to Barcelona. And he and Coach K bonded. <laughs> Coach K, um, to this day, um, still asks me about my dad, who passed on a number of years ago, but he still has great memories of, of that time together. And just an incredible person. I, I was so I'm really blessed to have known him and uh, be able to forge a relationship over so many years. Coach K, uh, you know, again, the first time you met him uh, working with Chuck Daly, and then he takes over. The Redeem team is another fantastic story. Uh, before, mm-hmm. before we go to the first part of your conversation, what was Coach K like to deal with once he took over the team? Well, he definitely instilled his own personality on the team. Um, you know, Coach K comes from a military background. Um, he, was, he, he coached under Bobby Knight. Um, you know, <laughs> Um, but yet he, he, you know, with that sort of military sort of um, iron fist in a way, he's also incredibly approachable and um, really figured out how to get the best out of these guys. You know, he, he always talked about not leaving their ego at the door, actually bringing their ego in to forge, you know, a greater one, you know, a bigger ego that would go out there and represent the United States. So, 
Um, there was a great run while while he was there at USA Basketball. I think it was uh, 12 years, I believe. Yeah. Um, and, of course, started with the Redeem team, which was a fantastic story. And, and anyone who hasn't seen that documentary yeah. should go watch it because my friend John Weibach produced it. Fantastic story about how the USA got back on top. And before we go to the uh, first clip, again, we, we just played just a snippet, just a portion of the conversations you have with these great Hall of Fame players and coaches. If they want to hear the whole thing, and I'm sure that they will, how can they d- do that? Well, uh, anybody can go catch the, the episode um, from our website, lensesofsport.net. Of course, we're hosted by iHeart, so we're on their platform, but also Apple, Spotify, whatever um, podcast platform is your favorite. So please check it out. It's a classic episode. So it's an episode that we go back in time and we re-release some of our favorite conversations. And this is certainly one of them. And, uh, of course, you know, you can follow us on Instagram at Legends of Sport and on Twitter at Legends underscore Sports. A lot of places that people can find us. It's a must follow because, again, the the pictures that you've shot and it's so great to kind of like scroll through and a lot of people post things but just to see these classic portraits of coach k and the dream team and all that so without any further ado let's now listen to this classic conversation with coach k on legends of sport friday we read something about you that a potential recruit has to meet the shashevsky family is that how it works well they they meet um they always meet my wife yeah. because my daughters mm-hmm. and my grandkids around, if they're there for <clears throat> any type of activity, if they're there for a game mm-hmm. or whatever, they're going to meet my my family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah. that's good because we feel we have a family, Yeah, you know, yeah. with our former players. This will be my 39th year <laughs> at Duke, wow. 44th as a head coach. Wow. And so that continuity... Has uh, and we have a great school, but it, it's produced what we call a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's sure. been good. Well, we can attest to that directly. I mean, I've known you since '92. Yeah, but uh, we've had a couple of your uh, your more well-known alums on the podcast. Grand Hill, for one. Yeah, great. We just had Jay Williams on last week. Yeah, and he's really doing some neat things. Oh yeah, his uh, the the new series he's working on that LeBron and and his team produced called Best Shot. By the Definitely way, you, must see TV. You have a text featured in Best Shot on YouTube. I do. Yeah, you, you, you texted <laughs> you texted Jay. Yeah, about him getting into the College Basketball Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how many of your former players are you in touch with? Jeez, as many as I can be, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> I try to stay involved with everyone who's still playing mm-hmm. because at some time they're gonna they make transitions whether it be in the pros uh they're getting from their rookie contract to the veteran or they've been traded or mm-hmm. they've been released or they're going to europe or and this is the toughest thing for me as a coach is when they finally give up uh, playing mm-hmm. the bridge that i call it a transition bridge that I try to help them with, mm-hmm. you know, to find out what it is. Like a Grand Hill didn't need it, uh, but a lot of guys need it mm-hmm. because they, okay, yeah. this is what I've done my entire life. Oh, yes. And so, the real, and, wor- real world is You know there. what? Yeah. Before the draft and after, like right now, I've been in touch with even more guys who are 
I want to make sure all my guys are settled. Mm. They all have jobs. They, yeah, you know, yeah, all that. It's <laughs> kind of like you know they're they're part of your family. So I keep pretty close touch. Yeah. And are you preparing them for life after basketball when they're in yeah, your program? Yeah, well, you know what? I think Duke, Duke does that. Mm-hmm. Now, we had a, more of a chance of doing that when they're there for multiple years. Yes. If, you know, if they're there one year, what we've tried to do is start a relationship earlier before they get there. Mm-hmm. That How do you we, do that? Texting, calling, frequency of contact that... I wouldn't have had, like, with J.J. Redick or Battier or even John Shire and those mm-hmm. guys. But in the recent years, mm-hmm. you try to do that early because you might lose them. And then you, in some way, you try to keep them connected. So we, each year, we have a fantasy camp, uh, 16 years. Mm-hmm. And we had 100 guys come in, and we bring back about 35 of our former players. Mm-hmm. And so they connect the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s become friends they network with one another and then they can network with some of the people at the camp Mm -hmm. and uh, that's how Grand Hill met the guys that he bought the Hawks with yeah really that fantasy camp yeah 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 so just yeah I'm a big believer in trying to stay with them yeah for as long as they want us to stay with them and usually they want us to stay with them for a long time. Yeah, that's it's an incredible fraternity. That, it is. And family, like you said. Yeah. Does it get frustrating? I mean, I know you have to play within the system the way mm-hmm. it is, but to see these guys, some of these guys leave after a year now. I mean, before Kyrie, you didn't have any one-and-dones. And yeah, we had a like a Elton. Elton was too, yeah. Waldang, but it wasn't... McGetty, I guess. Yeah, it wasn't the norm. Yeah. yeah and all of a sudden... 2011 and the world changed Mm -hmm. i think not just for us but it just it was almost like you guys felt like they have to go Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. i would rather have them if it's advantageous go but not feel like they have to go Mm -hmm. where maybe a second year might getting in the nba is not the thing Staying in the NBA yeah. is the thing. And being yeah. ready for life. Being ready. I mean, you know, when I was 18, 19, I wasn't ready to get out in the world. No. Um, I needed that There's that somebody, some school. people who say that, that that still is the case. Yeah. So, is I, uh, <laughs> Pretty much. But, it's uh, like 90 years later. <laughs> well, you and I met in, in, in 92. You're an assistant coach for the Dream Team. Right. I... I, I remember it vividly when you met my dad for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And my dad, Army guy, you're an Army. You guys bonded immediately over the Army stuff and told great stories. Um, can you talk a little bit about working with, with Coach Daly and what that whole experience was like for you? Well, you know, it's funny you bring that up. About a, two weeks ago, I'm in my home mm-hmm. and turn on NBA TV and... Uh, they have a special on the Dream Team. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching, I say, I got chills yeah, right, right now. Did that really I'm, happen? Yeah, <laughs> and I'm saying, there was a moment in time. Yeah. And I actually text the number of the guys on the team, mm-hmm. and they got back, whether it be Patrick, yeah. David, yeah. Uh, Chris Mall, and a bunch of the guys. Yeah. And, uh, it's hard to explain because it, and I've coached the U.S. team for 11 years, and from 05 to 16, but mm-hmm. still not like the Dream Team. Mm-hmm. It really changed the course of worldwide basketball. Mm-hmm. And who better than those guys on that team? Mm-hmm. Uh, the gentlemen, the 
the great players, but they they brought their brand. They built the NBA along with the Russells and mm-hmm. all the yeah. You know, pre, but they brought USA Basketball did not have a culture, mm-hmm. and they brought their culture in, and it was exquisite. Yeah, and then it was on a world stage, and people you talk about the Beatles and people like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, that dream team was followed like a rock group. It was unbelievable. I was telling Jonas on the drive up here about how the, the bus was watched 24 hours a day. The guys couldn't leave the hotel. Except for Barclay. <laughs> Barclay. And they couldn't stay yeah. in Olympic yeah. Village, right? They had no, to no, stay in a luxury. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. People yeah. say that yeah. even now, like, you should do that. that, that that's impossible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's really impossible. Is. You yeah. can't. If secure, it's impossible. Yeah. But what an experience it was, Coach. I mean, I always said I could if, if I could have retired after that, you know, yeah. how does it get better than that? But, but uh, you know, you mentioned yeah. uh, Chuck yeah. Dayway, yeah, and uh, uh, what a not just a great coach, but what a great man. Mm-hmm. And for him to manage that, and also to give me and PJ opportunities mm-hmm. as college coaches, along with Lenny Wilkins, Lenny deserved. I'm not sure PJ and I deserve <laughs> to be on the staff. Yeah, and uh, really how he blended everybody mm-hmm. and especially michael mm-hmm. because if you know, if you're an nba history buff you know that those guys were going after each other oh yeah detroit chicago yeah right. and he bonded with michael and mm-hmm. that was the key mm-hmm. and then michael bonding with that guy named magic johnson yeah. and and yeah. uh bird can yeah. Bird kind of just watches everything, yeah. but uh, the, you know there are generations, there are players yeah. of eras yeah. uh, on that team, and Chuck was able to get them all yeah. all together. There was a notorious scrimmage, the red versus blue team, yeah. right? Yeah. That the press wasn't allowed in. Yeah, yeah. Magic Sports. against Michaels, yeah. right? I think Clyde and Stockton were out, so those were the only yeah. two guards. Sports Illustrated called this the greatest game nobody saw. I don't, you know, it was, <laughs> is that, it was is the that greatest dramatic? game. You know, Michael I, Jordan said it was the greatest game he ever played in. Yeah, well, he yeah. played a lot of great games. <laughs> uh, but yeah. it was the ultimate of, because uh, they didn't really, we didn't practice that hard. Mm-hmm. They, we shouldn't have. And, but on that day, it ramped up mm. uh, a number of degrees. And I, I was... I did a real smart thing. Uh, when we first got there, uh, Chuck said, well, I need somebody to you know, do drills. I said, I'll do the drills. And, uh, and well, someone's got a referee. PJ had to referee. Wow. <laughs> and he got killed. I bet he did. He wow. got killed. I could imagine what that he must have been like. He got killed in that scrimmage. They were, yeah. they were, there were a lot of... Yeah, good, cool things said. Yeah. Now, did that refresh my memory? Did that scrimmage happen after they had lost to the? the no, you know what? No, yeah, well after. Yeah, the the thing for that real short scrimmage that they so called lost. Yeah, uh, that was in San Diego. Right. Yeah. And and, uh, uh, and Chuck orchestrated that. Mm-hmm. You know, again, those college kids were Chris Webber yeah. and all yeah. know, Leitner and Alan Houston and some serious guys. Some serious guys. Yeah. But they, uh, not Leitner, Leitner was on our team, but the, all the good college players. And Grant Hill. Grant Hill. And, uh, yeah. uh, but uh, Chuck was so smart. We weren't, again, it was a real short period of time, and we weren't playing well. And Michael's sitting on the sideline, like, okay, put me in. Yeah. And he never put him in. 
And no, he never put him in. Huh. Michael didn't play in that scr- ah, that scrimmage. Okay. And uh, and I knew what he was doing, and he wanted us to lose, just so they would know. I told I tell <laughs> Hurley and Grand Hill, no, no, coach. I said yes. <laughs> really? You guys think you could really beat those guys? Yeah. And then With the no next MJ. day, I didn't even know MJ. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, you know, you know, can I go? No, no. He says, yeah. just sit down. Yeah. It'll be all right. The next day, we scrimmaged and they didn't score. Yeah, you know, they just. <laughs> I was at that scrimmage. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I remember it. Yeah, that... <laughs> it was a little bit different. Yeah, was the, there any yeah. any Duke UNC stuff between you and, and Michael? No, just all? the opposite. In in fact. Uh, uh, some great stories about that of inclusion of how a great player affects his environment in a positive way and you know i probably me and pj were the bottom guys on the totem pole and he's probably at the top you know uh and was at the top Mm -hmm. but he didn't have that type of totem pole for him everybody was important and he went out of his way really to uh, interact and we became good friends mm-hmm. and that was uh, it It really showed his mastery not just of the game but the environment that he he was supposed to create yeah. a great player should create his help create his environment mm-hmm. not just allow other people to do it mm-hmm. and that takes stuff off the court yeah. and yeah. huddles and, yeah. and all that and buses and mm-hmm. And Michael, Michael did that. You know, I think um, Kobe was a great example of that, right? In yeah, right. 2008, when uh, the guys kind of watched him from the side and what his work ethic was like and his workout routine, and all of a sudden, you know, seeing them hanging around the hotel, they're in the gym, they're, they're working well, out. Well, one of the key things with us when we were building the program and the culture for USA Basketball is to get, to get some older guys, mm-hmm. not that they're old, but Kobe... Uh, Chauncey mm-hmm. Billups, mm-hmm. Jason Kidd, and Kobe was the key guy. Yeah. And when he came, he knew that LeBron and all those guys were going to watch him. Mm-hmm. Like, are you going to buy in? Are you going to do all this? And mm-hmm. you know, great story. Uh, we're here in, in uh, Las Vegas, and the coaches are here two days ahead. And there's a knock on the on our door, and it's Kobe. He's always, you know, he's the most prepared guy. <laughs> yeah. And he, he says, Coach, can I talk to you for a second? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we talk, and he said, I want you to do me a favor. And I said, what, what's that? And he said, I want to guard the best player, best perimeter player on every team we play. <laughs> and then he paused, and he said, Coach, I promise you I'll destroy him. <laughs> yeah. And it was his way. Now, he's the scoring leader in the NBA and all that. And even at our first meeting, he puts his hand up and he says, you know, if we play defense and rebound, you know, we'll be good. Mm. First practice, he, did, he didn't even take a shot. Hmm. I go up to him. I said, you know, I've seen you destroy people with your <laughs> offense, too. He says, Coach, you know what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I want to make sure everybody knows that I'm all, all in. Mm. And he did that without me or anybody telling him. Mm. It's brilliant yeah and the, yeah. the really great ones were not just talented they're they're brilliant in their own way absolutely do you do you ever think about what it would have been like to coach him oh at yeah Duke? i mean obviously yeah. that was where he had intended or thought yeah about who going. knows he he never really intended to go to college but yeah. he, he kind of 
made a few of us feel like right. we were important. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Did he come down? Either? Did, no, no. But we nothing. came up. He, yeah. Really, I never, I never saw LeBron play in high school. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I've seen every great player play in high school, but Kobe is the best player mm. that I ever saw in high school. When mm-hmm. he walked in the gym, he already acted like he was 24 and owned it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then the, the game started and yeah. All right, that is the first part of Legends of Sport Friday conversation with Coach K. Again, amazing conversation when you look at his career and um, just love that team, the, the dream team, and then fast forward a few years later to the redeem team and the way that Coach K just connected with these players. Again, when a college coach is coaching pro players, you don't know sometimes how that'll play out. That was not the case with Coach K. I mean, the, the, the players, you talk to Kobe, you talk to LeBron, you talk to all these guys, the respect that they had for Coach K and really shown through not only in the Dream Team, but fast forward a few years later to the Redeem Team. So with that said, let's go to break right now. And uh, when we come back, we'll hear some more from Coach K on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, and the Sports Map Radio Network. If you have a question or comment, you can uh, call us. That's right, 310-400-0340. And Andy... We get this conversation, this comment each and every week, young photographers wanting to kind of learn what you do or people who just want to shoot pictures and they've shot pictures on their phone and they're thinking, hey, maybe I, I could be a photographer. So, Andy, mm-hmm. you, you get this you know, question a lot. How can people do what you do? Well, um, one of the ways you can kind of learn about me and what I've done and accomplished over 42 years is to sign up for our workshop. It's called Beyond the Lens. Uh, anybody can go on our website beyondthelens.live and sign up. We're running a special right now. If you sign up early, um, it will be a 12-part live uh, workshop, which is a little bit different than Masterclass. Um, sort of the same concept as Masterclass, but it's a live uh, component. So 12 weeks of interactive conversation. I'm going to teach everything from how I started, um, some great anecdotes, um, of course, incorporate the Mamba mentality into that and how you can bring that into your life and your job. 
Um, it's not really a how-to in terms of, you know, equipment and F-stops and things like that. It, you know, it's not that kind of workshop. It's more about life, lessons, things I've learned, things I want to get across to, like you say, young photographers, even, you know, folks your age, my age, who might be interested in a transition to, you know, a different career or just learn about, you know, some, some great stories and, and have a lot of fun um, interacting with me live. Again, it is le- it is Legends of Sport Friday and the conversation we are having this week that you had with Coach K. One little tidbit, I've always been fascinated by is Coach K was very close. He was very much considering maybe coming to Los Angeles and coaching Kobe mm-hmm. when Phil mm-hmm. left. Um, how do you think he would have done? Again, Kobe loved Coach K. They, they had such a appreciation. How do you think that would have played out? Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think some coaches are just destined to be great in college. Not that he wouldn't have succeeded with I think Coach K would have succeeded at any level, quite frankly. And we saw that. Obviously, college coach, he goes to coach professionals at USA Basketball. They're super successful. But I think, um, I, I mean, I don't think any of us could ever picture Coach K yeah. not in, in the Duke sweater, you know, during college basketball, during the tournament. Um, but I think uh, Kobe had so much respect for him. And, uh, you know, like you said, he, he, Kobe came close to going to Duke. He was yeah. recruited. He was personally recruited by Coach K. Mike Sielski wrote, wrote a great book about, um, it's called The Rise, about Kobe in high school and how Coach K, like, personally reached out to Kobe over and over again. Um, but, you know, we all know how that turned out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the young mama decided to go pro at, at 18. But um, I would have loved to have seen it, but I did get to see it on the Redeem team, and uh, that was super special, watching him in 2008 and 2012. Um, you know, Kobe had become the, the wily veteran by that point. So I know the connection that you have in terms of the D- Dream Team, Redeem Team. Have you ever gone to Shashevskyville? Sh- 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 have you gone to Cameron? You know, I haven't. I haven't. And it's one of the things that I, I've been it's a, totally on my work bucket list yeah. that I have to go there. You know, now that he's retired, I probably could go with him and, and he and his wife, Mickey, and their yeah. grandkids. <laughs> you know, Sid, he's not, you know, he's not pulling his hair out um, and he might actually enjoy himself. <laughs> no, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But what, one of these days I will go. You know, one, one little tidbit about Coach K, which I don't think you know or anybody else might not know. He's a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Oh, wow. He's okay. met Bruce. He's gone to various, you know, many shows. He and I bonded over that <laughs> almost immediately because you know what a big Bruce fan I am. So I just wrote to him, you know, telling him we released the episode, sent him the links, and I, I said, let me know what show you're going to because I will be there with you. <laughs> I love that. All right. With that said, let's now go to the second part. Of Legends of Sport Friday, it's Andy with Coach K. Getting a postgraduate degree at Indiana. and I was getting my MBA. Your MBA. I got out of the service. Yeah. Right. You I were discharged in 1974, yeah, right? I, went, I actually went to, uh, we had a, my wife and I got married on graduation at West Point, and <laughs> we had a little girl at that time it, it, when we went to Indiana. But I actually went to Indiana on the GI Bill oh. and mm-hmm. was a grad assistant. Mm-hmm. And my wife worked and... After one year, I got the army job. Yeah, and twenty eight, and yeah, did that come out of nowhere. I mean, how did that happen? Well, 
they Coach were Knight, not. I, guess? Uh, I don't. He helps obviously in yeah. a number of ways. Uh, it was kind of like another moment in time. I've mm. been very lucky to be in some moments yeah. that some people have not been in, and and it's worked out yeah. great. Yeah. But Army was so bad, mm-hmm. and uh, they were seven and forty-four the two years. Yeah, those the two years the and then they're looking for a head coach, and uh, I knew Army better than anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, one of the things that was against me was the fact that I got out. Mm-hmm. So there are some people there that said, "Well, you got out." Now every cadet's going to think that they should get, now, and <laughs> which is ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, we have, sometimes have to overcome. Yeah, other ridic- people's per- perceptions. Yeah, or but whatever. it worked out, and we had those five years for me at West Point. We had to do everything and build a program, and you know we ended up playing everybody. And we're seventy three and fifty nine during that time, and it it helped me immensely. And then I get the the head job at Duke when I'm thirty three, right, nineteen eighty. And mm. your first couple years there weren't. No, so successful. So I mean, again, people just assume a great coach like you just come in, you change the program around. No, we were, I think, what we were thirty-seven and forty-eight or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, but again, it's about culture. Mm-hmm. Like the, uh, we had to build a culture, mm-hmm. and again, guys weren't going early. You had to play against Samson for four years, <laughs> Jordan for three. Yeah, but. You know, and so it wasn't. Yeah, it was. It was crazy, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, but I had a guy that believed in me. The guy who hired me, Tom, Tom Butters, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, once we got Johnny Dawkins and Mark Allery and Jay Billis and Tommy Amaker, mm-hmm. and the guys that we could get at Duke, who were not just good players, but they were really good people, and then. We, it took off. Yeah. yeah, it has to be a testament to your recruiting skill. Is that you? You can see basketball skill, right? And you can right. recognize it. But it's the person beyond that. Like, what kind of person am I bringing into my program? It's going to represent my program, and then go out into the world. Yeah, you know what we? A, yeah, what we yeah. try to do, and we still do. I don't, a lot of people say we've changed our recruiting just to recruit one and done, and. Hmm. We're recruiting the same guys. We we look for three things, and they're all equal. Talent. I mean, they have to be good. Hmm. Okay. They have to be pretty good students because we have one of the best schools in the world. And they have to have good character. They have to be good guys. Hmm. And how do they react to their parents, their teammates? They're always the best player. Mm-hmm. Do they listen to their coach or... This is where Mickey comes in to filter that out. A little bit. Well, she just gives them the eye test. We do this with... Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so, you know, that guy was Grant Hill in the early 90s and Battier in the late 90s. Now it's Jason Tatum. If Grant and and Shane were now, they'd be one and done. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and, uh, so... We actually recruit harder and longer now than ever mm-hmm. because of the turnover. Like, give you an example. Yeah. Battier, you spend two years recruiting him, he stays four years. Tatum, two years, he stays one. You got to get another one. So, for four years of that level of player, mm. is eight years 
Yeah, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, and he, you're and you're personally going and seeing yeah, these guys, and, right? Yeah, and and you had to do it differently. You have to stay up to date. You know, you're texting all the time. You have bitmojis yeah. and yeah. you have <laughs> FaceTime and holy crap! Yeah, where did all this stuff come in? I'm yeah. 71 years old. What the right. hell am I doing? <laughs> yeah, you texting s- a 17 year old. Yeah, guy, you know, well, and, and doing it a it's lot. Wor- it's working. Yeah, well, <laughs> I hope still uh, working. You said you have to coach four years of experience now in, in one year. Yeah, and like guys like Bagley, you know, and you've said he probably could have just made the jump. He sh- the yeah, I, whether that changes or not, I think there, there are a few players just like the Kobe's and LeBron's and mm-hmm. Dwight Howard's and uh, Gar- Garnett and mm-hmm. all, you know. McGrady. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're guys that should be given that we shouldn't force them to use college. Yeah. You know, just like you wouldn't force an entertainer or right, you know, people yeah. in some other sports to, mm-hmm. to a tennis, great tennis player and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, their life expectancy in their sport is not long. Mm-hmm. So right. if they're that good, give them an opportunity to go. Right. So when a, a, have you had the experience of a player coming to you and saying, I think I'm going to go? And have you said, you know, I just don't think you're ready? We yeah. would all, we owe... When we recruit them, we said, we'll be honest with you mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. Even when you're 30 or 40, you know, like, yeah. we'll tell you the truth. Yeah. And so when a guy comes in, and, you know, one, with some guy, you just know they're going, and, okay, how can we help you with this? Yeah. And when a guy's trying to make a decision, what we do, you know, we know everybody in the NBA through USA Basketball and being in this so long. Mm-hmm. We'll get an honest appraisal, you yeah. know, like... Uh, we think this guy is going to be like I'll give like a good example would be Luke Kennard. Okay, Luke came to Duke thinking he's a four-year player, and his sophomore year he's good, really good as a fr- sophomore year. He he's terrific, and we find out look he's going to be in the teens. Mm. So when he and his dad came in, and they were almost a pop, like I don't know, I said you need to go. This is the time. Yeah. Well, is it okay? No, no, it's okay. Yeah. And then with some kids, you you would say, I think you should stay, and they still go. Mm. Or some, Grayson Allen, I didn't want him to leave after his junior year. Mm-hmm. He wasn't ready with all the stuff, injuries and all the stuff. Yeah. And it worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seems like he's gotten a good system with Utah. Yeah, and and he had a yeah. yeah he's ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we owe them an honest. An honest appraisal, yeah. yeah, and and we tell them like well, our program will be okay if you stay or go. Mm-hmm. It's we want you when you go to make it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's yeah. a very parental way of handling it. Yeah, right. Well, You've it's had honest. With your own kids and yeah, you know, my kids the same way. You know, we're trying to decide what college to go to. My daughter. She didn't know whether to stay in California. You ended up going to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, helped her make that decision, but at the end, it was her decision. And <laughs> they have to own there. it. Yeah. yeah, but they have to own it with the right information. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, and we we want to make sure they realize that we're not our our information is not skewed in a way to influence them to stay mm-hmm. just because we would like them. Yeah, to to stay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with them. Look, all these guys. I'd like for them to stay longer. Of course, because I like them and they're good. And yeah, and uh, and, and you're building something. Yeah, you know, and they for would a period get, of time. Yeah, and they would get a lot. Yeah, you know, they don't just get a lot 
from us. They got a lot from our school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've had 67 of your players, the all ACC academic team. Yeah. yeah. Is that one of your proudest no, students? Well, I mean, I know you have... They're all good. They're good students when they come in. Mm-hmm. So we just try to make sure that they continue to be good, good students. Mm-hmm. And uh, But it's tougher now. You know, it, it just, you know, things happen quicker now. Yeah. And yeah, lightning speed. Lightning speed. Yeah. And... And we want to make sure that as they're doing this, they also develop depth. Mm-hmm. Depth as a player, depth as a person, as a stu- you know, like yeah. knowledge. Yeah. And uh, if yeah. you can still get them to be deep mm-hmm. along with their talent, there's a chance that they're going to be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they'll, they'll, they'll even be better after they get through playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we've had a couple of your former players on Grand Hill, Jay Williams, and they've told us, along with many of your other players, like Carlos Boozer and J.J. Reddick, about pregame spectacles. You're, oh, just, you're no- <laughs> those are exaggerated. <laughs> well, My body can't do all the things that they say I, I did. We just got to know about the flaming arrow thing. And there there was not, that actually no happened. flaming arrow. There was, <laughs> so can you, can you tell was, us what the real story behind that was? Yeah, I don't even remember. <laughs> Can I can I tell you what I recall, and then you could tell me what's yeah, real? Yeah, but you weren't there. It's so a great that's story. Right. Oh, you're listening what, what, to Dante Jones or somebody. <laughs> what I recall, Jay Williams talking. Jay, yeah. excuse yeah. me, but what Jay told me this. He said that you guys were watching Gladiator, and in the middle of the movie, a flaming arrow comes down the aisle, hits a dartboard. And you come rolling down the aisle <laughs> in robes, an army helmet or something, and right around the top, the scene where they're trying to mobilize the troops, troops and you're yeah. going, attack, attack, yeah, something, that was something like that. Like and that. it was against yeah. Maryland or something. You're, I don't you, even know the, who the hell was. Like, and so you won by 35 that, points. Or that we should have beaten without doing something screwy. Like it's a that. great story. Well, yeah, but you know yeah. what? The the cool thing with all that stuff is to try to. So, Sometimes you have to do something different. Mm-hmm. Also, for them, to, you connect with them better, yeah. you know. And like for me, I'm, I was I'm always older than my players. I keep getting older than my players. Now I'm more than fifty years older than my players. Mm-hmm. So how do I get into their world? Mm-hmm. You know, I have to show them that I'm working out, or <laughs> I goof with them, right? right? know some music uh, uh-huh. I send them something on a text or, yeah. you know I, and then and then they have to enter my world too mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden can we find our world and that's the that's the cool thing for me in coaching is whatever team I'm, whether it's the US team or the Duke team right now what's our world mm-hmm. what's our world who's who are those guys? Who am I mm-hmm. right now? What's the state of our bas- you know, mm-hmm. uh, the basketball environment? Mm-hmm. And to me, that journey each year keeps you young. Mm-hmm. Like keeps you, you know, in it. You know. Plus, and you got your grandkids, so you got to kind of be with it. Ten grandkids, right? yeah. and and yeah. you can communicate with them better uh-huh. by being. I can communicate better with my own players because of my grandkids, mm-hmm. and I can communicate better with my grandkids because of my players. Right, right, right. Yeah. Because you're, yeah. you know, you're, if you're on a highway, you're not on the right lane, retired, going 55. Right. 
you're zigging and zagging. Yeah. If you can get to that damn express lane every once in a while, you're trying to do that. And, yeah. and basically, you're trying to just figure it out. Yeah. And, and that's to me, that's the interesting part, even more interesting than figure out mm-hmm. what offense and defense you're going to mm-hmm. do, is what environment are you trying to create mm-hmm. and what will these kids, what can they give you? You know, mm-hmm. and can you allow an environment where they might be give you more of who they are? Mm-hmm. Are they? Is it a safer thing for them to show who they are? And and uh, actually, we have a group right now that I mm-hmm. I'm excited about because mm-hmm. we've already had a couple practices. We're going on a foreign tour to Canada, yeah. and uh, and so we had a couple practice. I really like my yeah. guys. And you see top ten guys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. And they're good but they're good guys. They're yeah. secure. They they already interact with the upperclassmen. Mm-hmm. And I feel when they're on the court they don't this group doesn't know what class they're in. Mm-hmm. What position like am I the twelfth guy on the team or the first guy. They they all they all feel a, sense of importance mm-hmm. which is what you want you want <laughs> yeah. everybody to feel important because they are and you want everyone on your team to understand that it's kind of like earlier in the podcast you're talking about jordan and me mm-hmm. in in 92 in the dream team mm-hmm. that's what he did with me he made me feel like i was important mm-hmm. and for him he wanted everyone around him to feel important mm-hmm. and that's what we want in that's, to me, an objective for me, every team. Hmm. It seems like there's an element of marketing in great coaching. And I've heard you say this a little bit with the 92 Dream Team. You have to sell what you're coaching. And it seems like there is certainly more of that now. Do you ever think about if you weren't coaching what you would have done? I mean, you were getting your MBA. Yeah, yeah. you know what? I, I, I would have been a teacher. And... uh uh, yeah, I and I am a teacher. All right, that's it for another amazing episode of Legends of Sport Friday, right here on the Arash Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune and Circus Sports. Uh, just uh, just love hearing these conversations. You learn so much. Again, you you know Coach K, but but just what you learn from these conversations is fantastic. So again, thank you so much for tuning in and joining us. That is all the time we have for today, so let's do it again next week. Until then. This is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson, court cases keep him guessing. Plea bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.